Hello and welcome to the very first ever episode of Marvel Mania, a podcast where we talk anything and everything Marvel related. I am your host for the day, Brandon Janicki, and with me is my co-host, Garrett Broder. So, like I said, it's our very first Marvel Mania podcast. Uh, very excited for all of you to be here, and we're very excited to talk uh, Marvel today. Just Absolutely. To- yeah, it's a pleasure to be here with you today, Garrett. Um, I was very excited when I, you know, went to you a couple weeks back and um, asked you about doing a Marvel podcast. This is something that you know had on my bucket list for uh, some time now, and I was glad to find someone else who uh, is just as um, passionate about Marvel as I. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I was wanting to do some type of podcast for a while now, and now that we have uh, found someone with similar interests, I'm really excited to get talking about this. Oh yeah, me as well. And we hope you, the listeners, are all excited to uh, hear our very interesting opinions. Uh, a little bit about how the podcast is going to go down. So, um, as I said, I am the host for today, um, but me and Garrett here are going to go back and forth. So next week, when we have our second podcast, you're going to get to hear Garrett. So if you don't like the sound of my voice, you are in luck because Garrett <laughs> is going to get a shot at this uh, next week. Uh, and then every week, we're going to have our podcast be roughly half an hour or so. Um, I'm sure you know talking about. Marvel, the time goes by fast, doesn't it? So I'm sure there might be some episodes where we get close to 45 minutes, maybe even an hour, but we know you folks have plenty of stuff to do and probably better stuff than listen to us talk, so we'll try and keep it within half an hour to 45 minutes. Uh, This being the first episode, we thought we'd do a little uh, introduction today uh, so you folks get to know me and Garrett a little bit. Um, Before we jump right into the Marvel side of things, uh, I thought we'd talk a little bit about ourselves. So um, like I said, my name's Brandon. I am a uh, freshman at Macomb Community College right now, um, and I'm looking to get my uh, associate's degree and then hopefully transfer to a uh, film school, because what I really want to do in the future is uh, work in film. Um, Most likely be a screenwriter or hopefully a director someday. I don't quite know yet, but all I know is I want to do something in the movie business. I've loved movies for the longest time, obviously talking about Marvel, one of my favorite franchises. And yeah, I really hope to make that, you know, my career and my passion someday. What about you, Garrett? Can you introduce yourself for a bit? Yeah, like you said, I'm Garrett. Uh, I go to, I currently am also a student. I go to, uh, what's it called? Oakland Community College. I'm blanking on my own school name, but I will be transferring to, uh, what's it called? I'm, I just had, I had, I'm designing a couple of schools, but one thing I'm going to be transferring to is Specs Howard. Right. Which is a school in Michigan. It is where, where I currently live. It's out of Lawrence Technological University. But I'm really excited to go into this. I want to be a voice actor slash media and broadcasting major. Um, so just stuff along those lines. Still trying to figure out exactly what I, exactly what I want to do in that field. But I know exactly, I know what I want to do. Just not how I want to get there or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel that. I think most people, you know within our age, 18, like early 20s, you know, we're all kind of in the same boat where we know, you know, we have a passion about something, but we don't quite know how to get there. And, you know, that's all right. You know, only time will tell. Yeah, exactly. So that's a little bit about us outside of our, you know, Marvel fanatics. Uh, Now I thought we'd go over a few questions here so you as Marvel fans can get to know us as Marvel fans. So um, first off, I thought we could talk about our favorite uh, MCU movie, otherwise known as the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, for those of you who don't know, those are all the movies that are, you know, pretty much coming out to theater pretty much every month now. I mean, Marvel and Disney just keep dishing them out over and over and over, and it just keeps expanding. 
Well, it's fantastic. It really is. You know, it almost feels like a um, like a TV show now where like every movie is just like another episode added yeah. on to this like never ending saga. It's really incredible. It's like a long TV show. <laughs> Very that, much That never so. ends. Yeah, never end. Yeah, it's a never ending TV show. Um, that being said, um, I'll let you take it away, Garrett. You can talk about your favorite Marvel Cinematic Universe movie and then uh, I'll talk a little bit about mine. All right. So mine for sure, which is going to be something that not many people agree with is uh spider-man far from home interesting most people don't like that movie or even they may not, not dislike the movie but it's definitely not their favorite uh i'm a huge spider-man fan always have been but um for sure for me i absolutely love just the action i love the character development i think that um they did a great job with um like the action sequences and the just regular like dialogue sequences and it was a really big build-up that i actually really appreciated about the movie and they did a great job with mysterio spider-man i think the tom holland casting back in 2016 was absolutely fantastic oh yeah one of their best decisions oh for sure um about jake gyllenhaal as um mysterio was absolutely fantastic as well uh zendaya as uh, mj ned uh, not ned ned i can't think well who What's his name? It was Ned. Oh, uh, the actors. I do not know off the top of my head. Yeah, I'm going to have to look that up. That but is something. That's something we have to look up. But, um, you know, he's a, I think that Ned was a perfect casting. Um, and just a bunch of other, like, just the movie as a whole has every everything I think. I think it was just a flawless movie. Um, nothing I would really change that I can think of. That's part of the reason why it's my favorite. So I give that, you know, if we rank it out like one to five stars, I'm definitely giving that a five star for sure. Really? Five stars? That good? Wow. Yes. Uh, so I did a little bit of researching and um, Jacob Batalone. Oh, Batalo- yeah. Uh, Batalone. Batalone. Like I'm so, saying it like that. It sounds fancier. So we're going with it. Yeah. It sounds almost like Italian. Something. It is Italian. Batalone. Oh, it is Italian. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. You know, I'm definitely more on the side of people who don't quite like Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, if I had to sum up why, I know this is going to be kind of petty, but it's honestly the the scrolls, I think it was. There was the scrolls in the movie, and what really bugged me is that the fact that Nick Fury wasn't actually in that movie the whole time. Oh, it, that's true. It was just yeah. the scroll acting as him. And then also, I don't know, like the whole drones, you know, showing the... Um, the elemental monsters and stuff like that. Just, you know, it'd be cooler if they were actual elemental monsters. It didn't quite do it for me. But, you know, I'm always glad when certain people like a uh, Marvel movie that maybe I didn't appreciate. But one I did appreciate and is still my favorite to this day, it is also the first Marvel movie I saw in theaters. Uh, and that would be Captain America Civil War is my absolute favorite. That was the and first you've seen in theaters. That was the first wow. one I saw in theaters. Yeah. Oh, man, you really far far behind <laughs> yeah well i it would definitely seem that way but it wasn't the first marvel movie i saw ever the first one i saw ever was actually captain america winter soldier that's good i did def- definitely see them out of order the first i watched was winter soldier and then i watched like the iron man trilogy and it wasn't until i watched civil war that i realized they were all interconnected into one yeah. i kind of thought they were like separate marvel movies each telling their own story but i was like oh shoot these all connect so yeah, exactly. Kind of a kind of a dumb kid back then, but at least I know better now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, going to see Civil War, wow that that movie was just incredible. I mean the um, the action was on point, acting was on point. There was a lot of emotion. 
in that movie. Uh, one of my favorite things about that is that the villain, and many people often forget there even was a villain in that movie. They think, oh, you know, it's Captain America versus Iron Man. It's sort of like, you know, that moral gray area of, you know, which side do you want to be on? But there actually was a villain uh, named Helmut Zemo, who we got to see return in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes, and and they, that was another great casting. I think they did a great job with him, especially in the character development with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That's very true. Yeah, that was one of my one of the better parts about Falcon and Winter Soldier was getting to see him again. Yes. Um, but the coolest thing about him is, you know, he doesn't actually have. He's not like Ultron. You know, he doesn't have an army of robots at his disposal. He's not like Loki. He doesn't have the Chitauri army. He's not like a god. He's not like Thanos. He has no Infinity Gauntlet. You know, he's just this guy who realized that he's not powerful. He's not a super god. He's not some sort of being. He's just this guy who was out for revenge after what happened in Sokovia. And, you know, just through him plotting and being manipulative, he was able to tear the most powerful group of beings at the time in the galaxy apart the avengers able to tear them apart you know have them fight each other and it wasn't just like you know very shallow i mean there was some deep grounded stuff going on what with tony finding out that you know bucky killed his parents um i'm gonna be honest when i saw the movie i thought that the movie was um coming to an end during that airport battle which by the way was phenomenal oh yeah that is still one of my favorite battles it's so much fun there's so many um you know funny lines like spider-man's um hey you guys ever see that old movie you know referring to empire strikes back and then uh roadie asked tony jesus kid how you know jesus tony how old is this kid and he's like oh no i didn't carbon date and there's so much funny dialogue and banter going on yeah and so you get that side of the battle and then you get a more serious battle near the end when you know you think that um cap and tony have finally you know um put everything aside and you know have become friends again they were going to beat up zemo and then he shows that clip and I just remember being in the movie theater, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I was just on the edge of my seat. Like, what's going to happen next? And then, you know, obviously all, all hell breaks loose pretty much. And, you oh, know, yeah. there's no holding Tony back now. And you can understand why. You can feel for him because, you know, you just found out that your best friend's other best friend, his bestie, just killed your parents. You're like, oh, shit. And not only that, Cap knew the whole time, which, made you know, arguably makes him a little bit of a jerk. But – you know, it then escalates and ends off on a really, you know, a big cliffhanger. And then it kind of sets up Infinity War. And it's the whole reason that Tony and Cap, you know, weren't together to, you know, fight with each other, which some people say is kind of why they lost in the first place. Although that is kind of, you know, it, there's a, you know, argument for both sides. Yeah. But, you know, it's, I think that the movie, I agree, that is one of my, that is one of my more favorite movies. Definitely in my top five. Uh, I think that the character development is fantastic. Uh, I think it's the only thing that's keeping it for me from being one of my favorite, for being my favorite, I guess you should say, is it is a really abrupt start to the movie. It's it it hops right in the action. That's and, fair. That's fair. And I'm just I'd rather have some mel- a mellow start, just sneak its way in there, and then boom, it all happens. Yes, um, that's true. You know that'll be interesting when we go into our conversation about uh, Venom. Let there be carnage because I felt that that movie just jumped right into things. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that is very true. But it was also a very short movie, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah, but. we'll get to that later. Uh, moving on to our second question, um, I'm going to ask you about your favorite non MCU movie. So your favorite Marvel movie that is not part of the cinematic universe. Well, this is a really basic answer. Most I'm sure a lot of people will say, but mine is Spider Man Two. Uh, the one with Dr. Octopus. And uh, I think that is just by far one of the best Marvel films ever produced. Um, not like that is MCU, non-MCU, doesn't matter. Um, 
I, I'm a big fan of the X Men movies. Oh, but yeah. at the same time, except for Wolverine, the X Men Origins Wolverine, yeah, that yeah. was a meh movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, that was a cringy laugh too. I mean, I was thinking about that. I'm like, oh no, that was not good. <laughs> that was a that was not good. But and if I offend anyone, I am so sorry. But I was not the biggest fan of that movie, as you can experience. Anyways, going back to my favorite movie, uh, Spider Man Two. I think they did a great job with it. I think that. Uh, the character development was awesome, and the realization at the end of um, Doctor Octopus's life, he's like, "I ha- I can have control of my own of my uh, decisions." Mm-hmm. Um, that was a really big like that was a huge character moment, and shows the character of uh, Doctor Octopus himself. And um, I think and like how his chip in the back of his um, design broke. Oh yes, um, yeah. I think that's that's, like, that's exactly how it all went down in the comics so or in one of the comic lines i guess you should say and it was just a, they did a really good job with um the movie and i think the train scene is one of the most iconic scenes in uh cinematic history as well uh not just you know um like marvel movies i think it's one of the more iconic scenes from any movie right just any film in general yeah yeah and i can agree it is very iconic and very well shot definitely yeah and I think it's funny. Um, I, there's a movie theater by my house called Imagine, um, with an E, and they have a whole mural of different cinematic movies. So they have like Toy Story on there. They have um, Star Wars, a bunch of other big time movies, and the train fight between Spider Man and Doctor Octopus is in that mural, and it is so amazing. Oh, that's awesome! It, it was so cool. cool when I first saw. It. I'm like, yeah, that 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 just shows how good of a movie that was and how iconic of a scene that is choosing a scene from the second movie by like a trilogy like from a trilogy right right the second movie is never the good one it's always the first and the last uh where it's kind of different the first is fantastic the second is even more fantastic and the third there's too much going on yeah. but still a decent movie which most people look most people think there's too much going on and just look over the movie as a whole i think it's still a good movie just the, like like most people say though, there is too much going on in it, and yeah. there's for a short amount of time. Yeah, that's fair. I also I just want to go back. I like how you said there's a uh, a theater called Imagine near my house. Is that you do know it's like a franchise, right? Yes, I do. Okay, I I just I thought that was so funny. But it was the original was started in Michigan. Yes, that is. Is that the original one that you're that you're talking about? No, I'm talking about like the second or third one ever made. Oh, but, okay. Wow, so still uh, very early. Yeah, it's in Rochester Hills. Okay, um, cool. So, Rochester Hills, Troy area in Michigan. So, awesome. Yeah. I would have to say my favorite non-MCU movie. Actually, I don't know why I said I would have to say. It's actually a no-brainer. And uh, believe it or not, this is probably my favorite superhero movie of all time. And it, if I had the option, I would talk about it this entire segment. I could talk about it for hours, honestly. But I'm going to have to go with X-Men Days of Future Past. Mm, good that, movie. Oh, phenomenal, phenomenal movie. I it, it, That just had me breathless at the end of it. I mean, there's so many things I could talk about. And I know I'm going to have to try and condense it, at least for this segment. But looking at some highlights, first off, it's time travel done right. It, oh, first yeah. and foremost. It's time travel done right. It's not, And usually, this is what I say about any movie that gets involved with time travel. Time travel can be done right if it's a series that's about time travel. Example, Back to the Future, 
uh, even Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, more or less. Hot Tub Time. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, honestly, Hot Tub Time Machine, more or less. It's stupid, but at least it makes sense. And they made made it stupid for a reason. That was part of the whole movie. Exactly. And I feel like you kind of have to take, you know, time travel with kind of a joke. Now, Days of Future Past doesn't do that, but it's really simple. And in fact, I can explain it right now. Basically, they have to send Wolverine back in time. I won't say why if you haven't watched the movie yet. They have to send him back in time, and they do that using the mind. They send his consciousness back into his body in the 1970s, I believe it is. They send him back to the 1970s, and so he wakes up, uh, his consciousness wakes up in his old body, and then, you know, he goes about his day having to save the universe in the 1970s while he stays um, unconscious in present day. But whatever he does or whatever he does to change the past, that will then affect the future, but it'll be the only future that the characters in the present have ever actually known and that's pretty much all there is to it it's very simple and it it becomes the you know the key focal point to that movie um but what i love is that even though wolverine is the main character in that not everything comes down to him he's just kind of the um the medium if you will he's like you know um he's the time traveler from the future to the past but the main focus really comes down to um professor x and magneto and mystique which uh james mcavoy Michael Fassbender, and, um, oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank. Um, Don't look at me. I can't think. (laughs) I'm horrible with actors and actresses. Plays um, Katniss, Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence, yes. Really drawing a blank there. Um, All three phenomenal actors right there, and they played their hearts out in each of these roles. And um, to put it simply, you know, the movie kind of goes on, right? And then it comes down to, I don't want to spoil anything, um, but it comes, it, the final choice ends up coming down to a character you would never expect. And that character has to make, you know, one choice that will alter, you know, alter time forever. And if, you know, she chooses wrongly could mean, or actually it does mean the end of the X-Men forever, which another thing I love about this movie is that they show what's, if this character, you know, doesn't make the right choice in the past, it shows what will happen to the X-Men right from the get-go in the beginning, that it'll mean their extinction, it'll mean the end of the X-Men. Because a lot of movies, you know, you know that if something goes wrong, bad things will happen, yeah. but you don't quite know what that means. This movie shows you that if this time, you know, time travel doesn't go right, the X-Men will all die. The, yeah. it, it'll mean, you know, extinction for X-Men and for humans alike. Pretty much the end of the world. So the stakes have never been higher, uh, the fight scenes have never been more intense, and there's just this incredible, incredible montage at the end where um, Charles Xavier has a speech to this um, character about whether you know they're going to make the right choice or not. Uh, it's a really inspirational speech, and it goes back and forth between the speech in the past and showing what will happen in the future if this character makes the wrong choice, showing them all get destroyed. And just in those moments, I w- I've never felt so into a Marvel movie like I did with that. Really incredible. Definitely go check it out. Um, but I will say, don't make it your first uh, X-Men movie that you watch because it'll be so much more intense and it'll mean so much more if you watch at least the first X-Men trilogy before you watch Days of Future Past. Yeah. At least that. No, I, I would have to agree with that statement as well. I do find the movie absolutely incredible. Uh, it's not one of my favorites, but I think it, there's a lot of sto- uh, character development, storyline is great. I think it um just the whole yeah the whole storyline is fantastic oh incredible Um, so unlike the fantastic four uh but for real and it's that it's definitely one of the better 
X-Men movies. And I think other directors and other um, X-Men movies could stand to, you know, uh, learn a few things from that that one. <laughs> X-Men Origins. Yes. Unbelievable. <laughs> but anyway, our last and final question before we move on to the second segment uh, that we have planned is, uh, what is your favorite superhero overall in Marvel? You know, this can be anyone from the X-Men, from the Fantastic Four, from the MCU. What is your favorite superhero of all time? You guys are going to be blown away. My favorite superhero is Spider-Man. Oh, what oh, a shock. Oh, what a shocker. Whoa, didn't see that no, one coming. Yep, nope, not not that. Um, it's definitely Spider-Man. I've grown, I grew up watched, uh, reading the comics. Uh, I remember weekly I get mail from... Um, uh, I can't think of the company, but I get mail uh, with a comic book uh, from the original, uh, the original comics. So, from like from Stanley. Yes. And, oh wow! Of course. You know, absolutely fantastic. I was super invested, um, and I absolutely I was just in awe with how with how good the original Spider-Man trilogy was. Uh, and then I still liked the second, uh, like the Andrew Garfield. Um, like, not like the two movies the that two he movie, had. His uh, duology. Duology, yeah, yeah, the duology. I don't think that's the word. But I don't know. If that's a, that's the word we're gonna use for it today. Yeah, it's like zoology. Is kind of what I was thinking there. But okay, whatever. Uh, anyways, um, those are uh good trilogy. But then when Tom Holland comes in and just steals the show from both Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, and I think he just does a fantastic job. Um portraying spider-man as a younger kid and i think that's absolutely fantastic uh mj coming back is great um and just the whole the whole storyline with spider-man from um like just in the tom holland movies uh or mcu movies i should say um just completely neglecting the whole original oh uncle ben was killed and blah blah blah, blah. Yeah, yeah and just going straight into uh, where he is now after the whole situation and how he's just, you know, a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man um, to Tony Stark saying, hey, you should come with me. We have a big, we, I need someone to help me. Um, and like taking him up as a mentee. I think that Tony Stark, like that whole storyline is just amazing. Oh, I totally agree. Definitely. So, and now we have in like month and a half, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home coming out, and I am ecstatic for this movie. I am actually refusing to watch the trailers uh, oh. for all you to, to know. Good for you. I don't know if I could not watch the trailers. I just I need to know something before the movie starts. I need to see every little bit of information. Yes, but, uh, I've had some spoilers come out, but from the tr- spoilers from the trailer, like I know Doctor Strange is in it, and that's about it. Yeah, literally, I was I went I went to see Venom Let There Be Carnage. Uh, the Spider-Man movie came up as a trailer yes. uh, before the movie, and I bolted out of the theater as soon as I could. <laughs> um, that's how badly I did not want to see it. I saw M- like Marvel Cinematic Universe pop up on the screen, and I was like, okay, I, even if it's Eternals, I've seen the Eternals commercial. I don't really, I don't doubt it'll be that. It comes out in a month. Spider-Man, it's, it's Sony, so Spider-Man and um, Venom are in the same universe. Right. So yeah. I'm like, it's going to be the Spider-Man commercial. I'm bolting out here as soon as possible. Uh, the... Guy who checks in the ticket, who checks your tickets, uh, the usher, I guess, 
he actually had to come and get me after the trailer was over. I said, I got to go. I'm not watching this commercial. Jeez, so you took it to the extreme. I took it to the extreme. Uh, see, it was I, bad. I went to see Venom with a um, friend of mine, and he didn't want to see the trailer either. I told him, you know, it's really not a big deal, but he shut his eyes and, like, plugged his ears, and I just told him when it was over. But, yeah, you took it to the next level right yeah, there. I, I ran out of the theater. I'm like, nope, we ain't, we're not doing this. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, well, yeah, so what is your favorite superhero movie? Or superhero, excuse me. Uh, so my favorite superhero of all time is actually, and I feel like I'm going to get a few boos here, is actually Batman. Oh, no, what? But this is a Marvel talk show. Yes, it is a Marvel talk show, but I just had to state that my favorite superhero of all time is Batman. Um, I, I have so many of the Batman comics at home. And um, just real quick, what I love about him and what's kind of ironic is that he doesn't actually have any superpowers. He is literally just one man in a bat suit. I would say if he had to have a superpower, it's just sheer money. Money, yeah, <laughs> sheer money. And what I was going to say was human strength and, like, human will. You know, the fact that just, you know, after seeing his parents' death and, you know, to keep going and, you know, fight for truth and justice. And um, as the um, Dark Knight trilogy says, he's, like, he's more of a symbol than he's a superhero. He's a symbol for hope and he's a symbol for justice in Gotham. And it's pretty much one man against the most insane villains you could ever think of. But like I said, this is a Marvel podcast. This is not a DC podcast. Yeah, so, so it's like, we're just going to talk about Iron Man now because he's the cooler Batman in my opinion. But you That's know. what everyone says. And yes, Robert Downey Jr. is incredible. But... I mean, if you look at it this way, you compare the Iron Man trilogy to the Dark Knight trilogy. I'm sorry, but I'm taking the Dark Knight trilogy. That's true. Every day. That is true. Every day. But if I had to choose a Marvel superhero, which I guess I do, uh, I would have to go with Thor, actually, which I did not think I would be saying this, um, let's say, five, six years ago when we had, what was it, like Age of Ultron coming out? You know, we had Thor and we had Thor the Dark World, probably two of the worst Marvel movies yeah. out there, in my opinion. And, it, you know, he was all right. He was good enough. But it was not the Thor that we know today. And it's thanks to Thor Ragnarok, more specifically the director, um, Taika Wadi, I believe that's how you say his name. I am not sure. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go with that then. Um, thanks to him, he did like a complete 180 on Thor's character and the way Chris Hemsworth betrayed him. He now has so much more personality. He's so much more funny. He can actually take a joke. And he still kicks some serious butt. I mean, it, that movie, Thor Ragnarok is definitely in my top three for the MCU, no doubt. And his character, like I said, did a complete 180. He's now interesting. He's now funny. Um, and him and Ragnarok, him in Infinity War, him in Endgame, just so much, so much fun to watch. Fat Thor. Fat <laughs> Thor. Fat Thor in Endgame was just the best, man. I mean, he, wow. It, it, honestly, it was, it, it was funny. But it was also sad because he was kind of suffering from a bit of uh, PTSD there after, you know, he didn't kill Thanos. And yeah. then he did, but it didn't matter because, you know, and I assume we all watched Infinity War and Endgame at this point. I assume we all know that, you know, Thanos did snap. Uh, Thor tried to kill him. He didn't. Then at the beginning of Endgame, he did. But he was like, oh, crap, it still didn't make a difference. So then he just kind of got fat and played some, played some Fortnite uh, like we all did during quarantine, I'm assuming. <laughs> we all kind of became fat Thor during the quarantine. Um so, yeah, it was kind of sad because he was really going through some serious P PTSD, but at the same time, it was played off as a joke, which, don't get me wrong, I found myself laughing a bunch of times in the theater. And what I love is that, you know, we're still going to get to see more of his character in Thor Love and Thunder, unlike um, Iron Man, uh, rest in peace, and Captain America, who's probably in a nursing home at this point. No, he's actually, it says, Mary Falcon and Warrior Soldier, he is passed away. Oh, he is passed away. Yes. Oh, well then, RIP to him as well. 
two wonderful fallen soldiers right there. But we still do get Thor. Fat or not, he is going to be, you know, a sight for sore eyes to see in Thor Love and Thunder. So he really is my favorite uh, Marvel superhero at the moment. I'm going to say that's subject to change, but at the moment, he is my favorite. All right. So I think now he's moving to our thoughts. We're going to move into our thoughts on Venom, Let There Be Carnage. We're going to say this right away. There is going to be no spoilers. This is all what we think of it as a whole, yes. as a movie. Yes. Uh, and whether you should see it or not. Yeah. So uh, I'll start with you. All right. Well, thank you very much, Gary. Yes, that is correct. We're going to be talking about Let There Be Carnage today, a spoiler-free review. And then at the end of this, we're each going to um, rate it. I don't know about you. I'm going to do out of, you know, out of five stars, probably. Yeah, that's what, that's what I did for uh, the Spider-Man movie. All right, uh, perfect. So perfect. I think that works. So right off the bat, what I, what I love about this movie is this movie knows that it is a sequel. It takes no time to, you know, talk about anything that happened in the last movie. It just jumps right into this movie. I'm sure you people already know that um, the movie is only an hour and a half long. It is a relatively short movie. And in the beginning, I'm not going to lie, I was sitting in the theater and I was a little scared because it seems like they just threw you right into the movie. Um, right off the bat, we get introduced to our two main villains, uh, wonderfully played by uh, Woody Harrelson, uh, is um, not Carnage, but what is his name? Uh Cat, uh, Cat. Cletus Cassidy. Cletus Cassidy. You think I'd be able to remember a name like that? Cletus Cassidy. And then we have his uh, ever charming quotations girlfriend, uh, Shriek. Um, and I actually, throughout their movie, I really do love their relationship. Pretty much, they're both very psychotic people. So you're not supposed to root for them in any way whatsoever. But they were both brought up. They were both brought up in a very rough family and a very rough childhood. A lot of you know domestic type violence going on. Some pretty serious stuff. And um, really, they were very lost until they found each other. Um, but then, you know, their tragic upbringings kind of brought them up to be psychotic. And, you know, they were just, you know, really insane people. So then they, you know, both got put in separate uh, penitentiaries. I believe that's the word for it. Um, and um, that's where they'll stay for at least most of the movie. Um, we then cut over to um, Eddie and Brock, who are in more or less of a rom-com, if you will, a bit of a romantic comedy throughout this movie. Some people love that, and some people hate that. I personally enjoyed it, for the most part. I think Eddie and Venom had some really hilarious moments throughout the movie. Um, I also will say, I think the movie was a lot more funny and a lot more intense than the first one it up it takes both of those things and pretty much triples it throughout the whole movie for oh, better I agree. or for worse oh i totally agree with that yeah i i think it's for better personally but uh i think i think the original venom movie was absolutely fantastic in my opinion uh still some i was a lot of things i would change but it was still a good movie as a whole but this movie bumps it up to a whole nother level and really like you said recognizes it's a sequel but at the same time, it really shows the character uh, character development between uh, Venom and Eddie Brock, and um, like just you know, Tom Hardy is a fantastic actor. Oh, like, for sure, you can't deny that. So uh, I mean, he played Bane in Batman. So, Doesn't get much better than that. No, I mean you're a villain and you're a villain and an anti-villain. I mean, like he was made for this role pretty much. That's very true. Yeah. So I think he did a great job with it. And then uh, Woody Harrelson is Woody Harrelson and did Woody Harrelson things and killed it. Yeah, um, as usual. Yep. So it was just, I think the movie is just absolutely great. Um, there's not much I would um, 
not much I really would say about it. I think it was just a great movie as a whole. Um, like, but what you said in the beginning, though, I think the only thing holding it back is the movie length. I would like to see more uh, action. I like to see more. I'm really big into character development, as you can probably tell by the fact I keep mentioning it. Mm-hmm. So character development, for sure, I would love to see more of. But um, definitely uh, the whole idea of um, ed- like Tom Hardy as Venom and how well his character is. And then Woody Harrelson as Carnage. Um, it was just a great, great, great movie. Oh, yeah. Great, great cast all around. And I will say also the final battle was one of the most intense final battles I've seen in a long time in a Marvel movie like that. Um, you said you saw it in Imagine 2, didn't you? Yes. Did you happen to see it in um, IMAX or Emacs, as they call it? Uh, I did not. I just saw it really close to the screen because okay. I, w- I went with my girlfriend. And uh, we were just super close. We, we sat in like those cuddle seats. Yeah. Oh, so you were up front then. We were way up front, but it was, it felt like it was IMAX. We were so close to the screen. <laughs> we were so close so, to the screen, yeah. Uh, it was really comfortable though, so I can't complain. But very good movie. Uh, I can't complain about it. Um, but yeah, like, what were you saying? I'm sorry. I, I was going to say that uh, me and my friend, we did see it in EMAX or IMAX. And, you know, they have, like, the big screen and even more speakers. <laughs> I didn't think those speakers were uh, necessary, at least for that movie, because um, Carnage does – car- between Carnage and um, – uh, Shriek? Shriek. Thank you. I was going to say Scream. But, no, between Carnage and Shriek, you're going to want to cover your ears for quite a bit of this movie because they scream, and it is, like, very – high-pitched stuff and oh, yeah. you know i found myself like holy crap like the whole theater was shaking around me and of course that only made it more intense and more mm-hmm. into the movie and yeah. you know there was a ton of that during the um final battle so really intense really great choreographed fight and that's another thing i will say is that um the relationship between um uh cletus cassidy and shriek specifically cletus cassidy when he becomes um carnage throughout the movie because shriek her power, which they don't really cover how she got this, which is a little disappointing, but um, her power is obviously, you know, she can um, screech really loud. She, you know, kind of like Banshee from the X-Men. You know, she has a really high-pitched scream. And um, the thing about the symbiotes is that their two weaknesses, their two uh, Achilles heels, if you will, is fire and really loud noises. So obviously when Shriek is, you know, trying to scream and fight throughout this battle, she's at the same time harming Cletus Cassidy or Carnage. And it's kind of, you know, it's it's a very intense relationship because they want to be together, but at the same time, Cletus wants this power, but he can only have the power if, you know, he can't be with Shriek. I won't say how they resolved that in the end, but it, it was sort of something like, you know, wow, it's like, you know, um, they want to be together, but they can't under the circumstances that, you know, he now has this symbiote attached to him, so... Almost like a wannabe love story between two psycho ki- psycho killers. So no, it is. Yeah, <laughs> it very much is, and it's really cool to see how they um play that out. So um, I would definitely say I would give it a four point five out of five stars because overall, really intense, really funny movie. Everything you love about the first is there. The acting is on point. Like you said, a little bit too short. Wish they would wish they would have showed a little bit more stuff. But overall, a great movie, and definitely go and watch it if. Even if you just go watch it to see that mid-credit scene, even if you just want to watch for that, go watch it. Watch that mid-credit scene, which we'll be uh, diving into that next week. All right, I think I will give it a, I'll say four star for sure. Fair enough. I, like I said, I think that 
uh with Sh- uh shriek and um uh carnage that whole storyline could have been a little a little more in depth um i think shriek as a whole could have been more in depth uh and then at the same time i think it was just too short um of a movie as a whole so i'm gonna say a four star i know it sounds for all the flaws i just explained um it's still very uh it's still very good uh movie so i think they did a great job with it and i think the casting and everything the casting uh was a very good <laughs> words are hard aren't they we, we, no casting <laughs> Yeah. Ca- oh, Cassidy. Now, no, oh, I do get it. it I do it, get it. Now. Well, okay. It yeah. just hit me. Boom. I think just we should like probably that. end the podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Before we can't speak for the rest of the day. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so thank you folks for all tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed um, hearing our opinions about uh, Marvel. Um, and we'll be right back here next week. Hope to uh, have you listen to us soon. And have a great rest of your weekend, everybody. All right. Thank you.